0: Hold up. Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, with co-host Tim Langer. Morning. Today's episode we'll be talking about the art of self-care with the Melt Method. Today's guest is Sue Hitzman. Sue Hitzman is the creator of Melt Method Self-Treatment. Technique that helps people get out and stay out of chronic pain, avoid injuries, and boost athletic performance. Sue is a nationally recognized educator, manual therapist, exercise physiologist, and founding member of the Fascia Research Society. Sue, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, of course. So, Sue, for the audience, um, tell us a little bit more how you got to where you're at today. Obviously, the founder of Melt Method, but how did that kind of start up? Well, uh, I mean, I've kind of
1: been obsessed with aging since I was 11, uh, watching <laughs> my great-grandmother turn turn from a super spry lady into a woman that didn't know who I was. And back in the 70s, what epitomized health and wellness and longevity and what would improve your health span were people like Jack LaLanne and Jane Fonda and the 20-minute workout. And so I got into this idea that if you ate right and you exercise, those were the key ingredients to leading a healthy active life. And Went on to get a master's in physiology and anatomy, exercise science, uh, got numerous certifications in neuromuscular therapy and other types of hands-on techniques. And even with everything I had in my arsenal of education in my late 20s. Uh, One day I woke up with my own chronic pain in my foot and what started out as plantar fasciitis quickly over the course of two years, it never let up and it became a very exhausting time for me. My whole body was in pain. I was getting MRIs and CAT scans and x-rays and doctors telling me maybe it's lupus, it might be MS, maybe it's something we may just try some medication and I just knew that uh, what they were saying was wrong. And when I really started thinking about plantar fasciitis, I was like, so I have inflammation of my fascia. Could my fascia be causing my pain to persist? And if that's the case, like, how, how do you get rid of it? Because there's no exercise for that. And I went down this rabbit hole in the late 90s to figure out what fascia was and what was its role in pain. And that was when the Google came out. And so the very first word I typed into the search bar was fascia and started to reach out directly to the researchers and stumbled upon this incredible emerging field of fascial science and research became a founding member of the fascial research society and started implementing the research that i was learning into my hands-on practice i got into light touch therapy like cranial sacral therapy visceral manipulation and what was the common thread of all of those healing arts was fascia and as i began to really uncover all of the research that was already emerging, it really made sense of why fascia is so important to our overall health and well-being. And, you know, I just started to share this with my clients, with my hands. And one of my clients said to me, if you could just invent a way for me to do to myself, what you do with your magic hands, I'd stay out of your office. And so in the late nineties, I started figuring out ways to basically mimic the light touch hands-on therapeutic intervention that i was doing with my hands in my office started sharing that with my clients i saw my clients get better faster and hold their changes longer so that they could span out their sessions with me and see me less less often and sustain the same results and by 2004 i knew i had something Uh, I coined the term melt. I started teaching it in group environments, thinking, gosh, maybe I could keep people out of my office. If I taught them how to do it in a group, I could talk them through it. And it was a success. I mean, it's been an an incredible journey for me. Um, My first book came out in 2013, became a New York Times bestseller. And today I've got almost 2,000 instructors worldwide sharing Melt in group environments, online, and through our app and the website. And it's just a privilege to help people learn that suffering is a choice and chronic pain does not need to be part of your life. If you know how to harness fascia, you can actually improve neurological stability and function and live a more active, healthy, pain-free life.
0: Wow. That's a a lot in a a little short time there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So absolutely. I mean, we're a big proponent of eat right and exercise, right? So the nutrition aspect, the exercise component, uh, even like the lifestyle uh, strategies and options that people choose Uh, me, myself as a, uh, health and performance therapist, uh, educated in manual therapy, sports medicine, athletic training. Uh, this is something that I see on a everyday basis, right? You have people that are, um, other than the ones that have had an injury, like a traumatic injury that takes a little bit longer. But when we talk about chronic injuries, something where it comes to, you know, what they're doing throughout their, throughout their day, how are they dealing with, uh, stress and emotional uh, concerns. Mm. But, and then there's also, like you mentioned, this tool, um, well, now we know as a foam roller, but anything you can c- consider as a manipulative tool that you can use when you use uh, with the right intention, because um, there's also the, the side of people that use this to just beat themselves up. But um, when you use this tool intentionally, like you mentioned, you're, you help the body recover and you help the body uh, ultimately repair itself. And it sounds like that's something very similar to what you have created with the melt method
1: yeah i mean you're saying a lot there i mean the one thing i can tell you is there's a dirty little secret of fitness like lots of people eat (laughs) right and exercise but that does not necessarily mean a pain-free life i mean it's like again everybody in the fitness industry has pain in their bodies i mean most of the fitness professionals have some sort of a repetitive stress injury and i always say most chronic pain we used to think that it was always linked to a disorder or disease but Uh, you know, what I call sudden chronic pain is caused by overuse, misuse, disuse, and aging. And even people who eat right and exercise still have this issue in their connective tissue because it is quite unaddressed by just diet and exercise. You can eat well and exercise daily. And one of the other things you kind of hit upon is the concepts of our emotions. And this is something very unaddressed in fitness is realizing, and this was a big hit for me in New York City, was I was working with elite athletes and um, high, high uh, sports performance athletes for all of the 90s. And when 9-11 happened, I got the rude awakening of post-traumatic stress disorder and recognizing, my gosh, emotional distress can cause physical pain worse than an actual injury because the thing about an injury when you have an acute trauma you have an identifiable source of what caused your problem. And you know you go to a doctor, they're going to have the right ingredients, ideally, to get you out of the acute phase and allow your body to heal. But when you have an emotional trauma, you can't really define the source because it's like it doesn't make any sense to our brains that our own emotions can cause pain to persist long after the traumatic event is over. And then further to that is that when you think of what we call again, sudden chronic pain is being caused by the accumulative stress that we are incurring from day to day. And in this particular climate of high stress environments, it can really trigger underlying emotions that are tied to past memories and we're unconscious of that happening. So sometimes people in a high stress state suddenly feel pain and they're not linking the fact that they don't have control of their history there they haven't really looked deep enough into the self into the into the sense of self to understand where their pain is originating from is in fact something that happened long ago and it's the body kind of resurfacing it to express itself that's you know that's what a lot of people aren't realizing so melt really gives way to getting people the education and the understanding of how the mind, is operating to produce our sense of pain hundred percent of the time the brains what's producing it but the free nerve endings living in the fascial system are oftentimes the 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 aspect of our nervous system that's disrupted from our daily living and if you learn how to tap into fascia in a light touch soft gentle way it can actually alter sensory motor control neural responsiveness and quell pain symptoms and your brain's pain messaging that's that's what's really important about the concept is it's we're not looking at myofascia with melt it's not about muscles and bones it's about the nervous system and how the autonomic aspects of our body um, manage stress repair and digestion and that's really an important component of the method that you learn when you you know read the book or you you know incorporate melt into your daily life it's part of the practice
0: awesome yeah i mean i think a big component when it comes to especially with melt but any type of technique um or any type of principle when you're trying to make change is education right and i think looking through the website and looking from uh several resources through melt um you guys harp on a lot of education teaching people um not only how to use but when and how to uh be able to basically supplement what's going on with their body uh and address it the right way not just go in there and blindly follow uh, certain protocols but understand why exactly is uh what exactly is going on and how to address it and and what i like is that you mentioned the fact that it's not the fascia it's not only the fascia which i'm sure those are some of the positive and uh, uh i guess good things of when you're using a technique like melt but it's the in general aspect of it is dealing with the nervous system. And that's one of the most powerful things that we can um, try to control or change. And you mentioned the autonomic nervous system, which are the two aspects of parasympathetic, like you mentioned, uh, rest and digest, and sympathetic, which is kind of like our fight or flight which, like you mentioned, like a city in New York or here in Miami, where we're constantly at a go, 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 go. And we talked about this emotional uh, distress and, and stressful situations that a lot of us are currently in, uh, not just now with obviously this pandemic, but um, on our day-to-day, right? Just work-life work, uh, work uh, life, uh, balance, uh, whether you're a competitive athlete and you have that uh, continuous push to uh, improve on the previous season, whatever spectrum you fit uh, as far as in human You always have this uh, constant battle with uh, your nervous system. Are you doing too much? Are you doing too little? Uh, And then I think, like you mentioned, this educational component of addressing that underlying component, right? And then the physical aspect of addressing pain uh, and improving the overall health of the body, I think is important. And it goes back to what we talked about. Um, eating right, exercising right. But I think more importantly, taking care of yourself in a more intentional way, which is something I see here with the melt method.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are just not really taught to, you know, self care. I mean, our bodies are designed to self soothe We're we're designed, we are a healing machine, right? Our body is constantly in a state of change. And that's an important component. And that's what we call the what the how and the why of melt, right? You have to make what you're doing important and very critical to your day-to-day life because what is important for people to know about fascia is that fascia is a three-dimensional fluid-based architectural matrix it is literally the stability system of the body it's not just a tissue right and that's that's the compelling thing we call it a connective tissue right so we think okay there's organs there's tissues right there's systems but fascia is really it's a it's an organ of reception it's a, it's it's the largest sensory system in our body besides our skin but the skin and the fascia are inseparable in fact fascia i could relate fascia to every component of your body emotional chemical physical structural uh, neurological every other system in your body relies upon the fascial system to function efficiently because fascia is the environment that everything lives in. And on a microscopic level, fascia is called the extracellular matrix. So the fluids and the fibers outside of your cells that allow cell-to-cell communication to exist. So if fascia is in a state of what we call dehydration, or it's lacking fluid perfusion, it's not moving three-dimensionally, that's where you start to get Symptoms that ultimately can lead to chronic pain, and and what I call uh, it's kind of like a pre-pain signal um, that most of us are missing. And so, even if you don't have chronic pain, I'll guarantee every one of your listeners has gotten the sense of what we call stuck stress or cellular dehydration, like when you sit for long periods of time and when you get up, you feel like you aged about 40 years because your joints don't move as well as they did when you sat down, right? You get up and you're like, oh, you're making sounds. Um, or you wake <laughs> up in the morning and your back is stiff or your feet feel stiff on the floor. The the thing about movement, that's why movement is so critical for us, right? And and why a good outlook on life is so important and why being positive and finding happiness, Happiness is so critical, is because that's what gets us up and gets us excited to move, and that's what seasons our nervous system to send and receive information in a in a really good way. And you you know you're hitting it here, Annie, is like in this day and age with all of the stress that's happening, it really has uh, sometimes a very negative emotional charge to it because people are feeling robbed, they're feeling like their rights are being taken away. Everybody's vetting against one another the media is is actually um you know wanting that to happen right is to vet people against one another and and there's where more volatility comes up and that is what disrupts the fine balance of nature uh and you know nature is the best bioterrorist on the planet right if she wants us to pay attention she's gonna have it right And, and we better listen So your body and the frequency and vibration that's occurring in fascia is how we are in fact communicating with one another and nature and and our human experience outside of our common senses of sight, touch, taste, sound, and hearing. So fascia is really the biological, embryological fabric that allowed our DNA to create our form and to maintain its sustainability for a very long life so you know again you can eat right you can exercise you can lift weights you can go to the gym um but the you know that's not all that there is to leading an active life your social situations your family community your um, outlook on life all of these things are very critical to how your nervous system finds balance from the fight, flight, or freeze response of that sympathetic nervous system, right, that you mentioned. And then you have that parasympathetic, that natural rest and restore. But the third and less known part of the autonomic nervous system is the enteric nervous system, and that's the gut regulator. And when stress and repair in our nervous system is outweighed, like if your stress response is always going, 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 your body actually stops resting and repairing that, that aspect. Is not working well? And that really disrupts the enteric or gut regulation. It can alter neurotransmission. It can alter the microbiomes in our, in our gut, which is going to further alter what's called glial responsiveness, glial cells in the, in the brain, um, because glia also live in fascia. And it is what disrupts the beauty and the frequency of our system. Sorry for that New York City sound behind me. Uh, you know and that that really is what can cause um, a real challenging effect for people to find balance and that's where milk comes in as being the best health care that we can have is to is to actively participate in helping our nervous system find balance and the beauty of fascia is fascia is the doorway into the autonomic functions of our overall sustainability, again, of, of rest, calm, and repair. It's, it's important for people to know that they can access it. It's easy to do. It takes just a few minutes a day. You don't have to incorporate this like over hours of your day. Even just 10 minutes of stimulating the fascial tissue as a continuum can alter neurological responsiveness and improve um, balance in the stress response.
0: That is super interesting, um, and I, I totally can relate to that. And if listeners are, are interested in in that, and they can find themselves in what you just described, so how how can you imagine, let's say, a session with utilizing the melt method? So how does it look like? How can someone envision that?
1: sure so we use softballs and rollers to administer the technique but what we call it is the four r's of melt reconnect rebalance rehydrate and release so we begin with reconnecting and reconnecting to the self to the sense of body we do assessment techniques much like a manual therapist i teach people how to go in their bodies using what we call body sense instead of judgment or common senses of touch or movement or vision um, to just sense and feel imbalances, or again, what we call stuck stress in the fascial tissue, because there are common imbalances that many of us possess that are left unaddressed from day to day that we can learn to key into. And if you have those imbalances, then what we do is the second R of MELT is rebalance. And the rebalancing affects um, the the neurological core system, which is the diaphragm and the autonomic functions of breath. And this is um, kind of a mindful meditation breathwork technique that we've incorporated into melt uh, to focus on the core activation in a very subtle, passive way. And this helps neurologically reset or rebalance the stress to repair systems of our autonomic regulation. And then we use the roller for rehydration to improve the fluid perfusion through the fascial system. We're not so compelled about the muscle layers, but the actual fascial continuum from skin to bone. So we do compression, intentional length techniques. They're very precise and specific. So unlike Foam rolling, where you see people ironing themselves like a shirt, and when they find a lumpy area, they're to land on it and dig it out like they'll win an award for inflicting pain on their body. We use we use a more subtle approach. We meet barriers, we identify them, we 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 tap into them without trying to destroy them, and we stimulate the fluids to move through those barriers instead of trying to push through. We just let the fluid absorb through the tissue, and and uh, that is what helps the fluids from fascia called interstitial fluids to move from fascia to lymph. And the lymphatic system is part of the healing properties of our body. It's where our immune functions reside. So the fascial system can actually help improve and boost our own immune response. And then the fourth R of melt is released to decompress the primary spaces of our neck, our low back, and our hands and feet, the joint components of our body, because this is what's missing in exercise is that, you know, fitness isn't joint focused. Fitness is muscle and weight loss focused. But if, if you think about it, I don't know anybody out there who's heard of somebody getting a hamstring replacement, but they certainly heard of somebody getting a hip and knee replacement. So if you want to keep your joints stable, it's all about fascia because fascia is what stabilizes our joints and around our joints are just, thousands and thousands and thousands of mechanoreceptors that are these free nerve endings that the brain is using to figure out where those joints are in relationship to gravity and our center, our pelvis. So the release techniques help to stabilize those joints, create a release in the tension or compression mismanagement that is happening to most of us along our spine to actually restore neurological efficiency. And that's the process of it. So using the balls on the hands and feet to establish better control or doing a neck release or the rebalance sequence or any of the the length or compression techniques, just offer a nice, simple approach to gentle um, accessibility to our body's well-being, to sense and feel our body in a gentle way instead of causing pain to get out of pain. Because if that's your first route is to take a blunt or hard object and press it into your body exactly where you're feeling pain causing pain to get out of pain as a first route to pain resolution doesn't work. And if you've ever gone to see any high quality therapist, anybody who's a good therapist, if somebody came to me with a knee problem, I wouldn't just sit there and look at their knee. I would look at the whole body and see if something was causing a mismanagement of tension or compression near that joint. I would resolve that first and see if I had improvements in the knee itself. And if the answer was yes, well, that's what I would educate my client. On is to find the sneaky culprits causing their pain rather than trying to annihilate the areas where they feel pain. And that's important for people to hear because the areas of pain are like victims. If somebody was crying out for your help, you wouldn't walk up to them and punch them in the face to make them stop crying, you would ask questions, you would investigate, you would find a solution. And we need to learn to do that to our bodies. And that's what you learn with the melt method. It's an intelligent way to gently assist your nervous system to go back into efficiency through fascial restoration.
0: Yeah. I mean, you said a lot and I couldn't help but laugh. when you said punch in the face, but it's, it's, uh, almost exactly it right because a lot of people and and wrote down destroy versus disperse right most people go the destroy option i have this problem i have this tool whether it be a uh, a ball or like you mentioned any blunt object or maybe even the corner of a door Mm -hmm. i'm gonna press on this thing and yes there is a moment of relief just because of the compression there is blood flow going into that area but um intention also applies as we talked about earlier if your intention is to destroy this not to you know just kind of bombard more uh basically an excess of uh intentional or sorry of, of uh force into it that's exactly what the body is going to perceive it as force um and it's going to protect itself uh against that so i really love the fact that you talked about um, this dispersing, uh, effect, right. Where you want to, first of all, obviously, uh, connect with yourself. I think a lot of times we get tunnel vision when we have a problem, whether the neck pain or joint pain, we tend to see, all right, I have this pain. Why do I have this discomfort? Okay. Uh, You know, is it, uh, you know, did I hit myself there? It was an overhead movement. If it's an upper body, we tend, we don't tend to see the the bigger picture hey you know i had a rough conversation at work and it triggered this stressful response in my upper neck or hey my intensity over the last two weeks in my workouts has been pretty high comparatively uh to what my regular workouts are Mm -hmm. that might be why uh this kind of like you mentioned this overuse or or uh misuse uh mechanism can can cause some of this stuff but if we go in there and just try to destroy whatever uh, knot or area that we feel as having pain without really connecting to the bigger scheme of why it's happening. I think that's uh, for the most part of what I've seen is a big mistake that a lot of people do. But now when we go in there to try to uh, annihilate or like you call it, punch it in the face, um, the body is going to respond just like that. Right. I mean, we talk about the autonomic nervous system. It's going to go straight to what it, it, it knows best protect mm-hmm. and that sympathetic that sympathetic nervous system is going to fire um very rampantly and a lot of times that little minor um uh what's the word resolution that you may feel with the compression later on because you haven't really addressed anything just bombarded the system it a lot of times what i find is is that the pain is worse and there's obviously not a uh, there wasn't no resolution and then that's where you start to get in that cycle or, or that loop of uh discomfort, right? You start to get a loss of hope because, you know, you tried all these things that are more localized without having this holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: you're saying it's powerful.
0: Yeah. I mean, these, these four, I mean, I think the reason why I want to harp on these four R's is because a lot of people can dismiss them, right? They've heard of, all right, we have to know what's going on. All right, we have to work on our core. We have to work on our breathing. Um, okay, I have to work on certain things. I understand that. Don't do too much. Um, and then release, yes, obviously, you know, the joints. But I think, the reason, like I said, the reason why I'm harping on this is because there's a lot of value within these four R's, right? Understanding why things are happening, not just going into the problem, uh, trying to figure out uh, the real problem, the root problem anyway. Um, rebalancing, not just the breath. Right. You, you want to talk about the entire aspect of it. And you talked about mm-hmm. uh, the stress component of it underlying and re uh, rebalancing that stress loop in a in a. In, in a Less or sorry, for lack of a better word, and then that rehydration aspect of it—the the what I kind of like uh, summed it up as destroy versus disperse, mm-hmm. right? And you talked about uh, fluid provision, uh with the compression and the lengthening. That's very important because I I feel like uh, a lot of people, like you mentioned, use these blunt objects to just kind of iron out. These areas that really doesn't uh, do it justice, doesn't give the body what it needs, the, the stimulus of what, it, uh, of what it needs. Like you mentioned, the body does a really good job of taking care of itself. We just we are the middleman in between that doesn't allow it to do its thing, whether it's doing too much or doing too little um, or not implementing the, the right things at the right time. Uh, and like you mentioned, the very important aspect uh, with a lot of uh, uh, performance based um consumers or even just people that like the health and fitness aspect we're trained in no pain, no gain, right? We're trained in the more you do, the more you get. Uh, What happens with that is, especially with, um, you know, the fitness, the fitness industry nowadays, like you mentioned, we're targeted towards the aesthetics, even though you're starting to see a bigger realm of people trying to go the more um, holistic route, you know, trying to address the body as a whole. But it's still not necessarily there yet. And like you mentioned, it's very important to address the joints. Like you mentioned, you don't really see a lot of uh, muscle replacements, usually joint replacements. But what we're starting to see now, as well, is um, the con- overall consciousness of the health and fitness community trying to um, change, right? Trying to change how this uh, this performance is 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 being. Uh, not only packaged, but also how it's being delivered. And again, this release aspect of the compression of the joints, I think is super important. And uh, like I said, these four R's shouldn't be something taken lightly. Uh, I think it's been uh, the way you have listed it and the way you guys have listed it in melt method, I think is a great way and super easy, or at least a super, I'm a visual person, so a very uh, nice and easy way to picture it and to uh, look into it. So thank you very much. That was awesome.
1: Mm, I love that. You know, and it's, I think, you know, one thing that everybody should maybe catch on to what you're saying is if you really think about pain, like pain, isn't the problem. We've all experienced pain, right? Accident, illness, Mm -hmm. injury, heartbreak, the flu, right? Lots of reasons that your brain is sending you a pain signal and really pain is just your brain's way of alerting you. Something's not right. And it's asking you to take action to Mm -hmm. assist it to, you know, creating calm. But what unfortunately happens, it's sort of like our fire alarm is going off because the toaster's on fire. And what do most people do? They walk over to the fire alarm and they take the batteries out, but the toaster's still on fire, right? So that's the thing is when we have a pain area, we're so apt to like go over to the pain and take the batteries out of the fire alarm. When what we need to do is take a step back and really, Figure out why is my brain doing this? Why is it giving me this information? And is there something else I am not recognizing that my body is asking me for? Uh, And unfortunately, especially with the fitness industry, you know, the whole "no pain, no gain" thing still is widely held in fitness. It has not really changed very much, and if anything. What I've seen over the past 20 years of trying to get the word of fascia out there is like now everybody's a myofascial expert because of what's kind of gone on, but they're misconstruing the concepts and all they're doing is just saying myofascia when what myofascia is, is muscle and fascia. So they're still, they're basically teaching you the same crap they've been teaching you for years, only they're sounding smarter, but they actually don't understand even a little bit about the fascial continuum. And that's, what's going on right now is miscommunication of really profound science and research. And if you, you know, one thing that's not in fitness is neuroscience and fascial research. It's all about, if I bend my elbow, my bicep contracts. And if I do that enough time, it's going to get bigger. And if I add more weight, it'll get bigger still. Right. But is that doing anything Mm -hmm. for you? I mean, is like, Being as big and muscular, like, why is it? Is there something? Is there a reason that you need to be so muscular and big? Are you making up for some deficit of some emotional thing because mommy didn't love you like you wanted to be loved when you were younger? And have you really ever looked deeper into the reason that you do what you do to see something different in the mirror so that you love yourself more? And that's where emotions really get tied to memories. And so, you know, they say, uh, you know, memories minus emotions equals wisdom. But if you keep tying emotions to your memories, and then you get something in the future or something in the present moment, that's triggering an emotion that was from a past memory, that can actually elicit a pain response. But it's like, you can't, Put your finger on it, and that's because emotions and the way that the brain works is very tricky. Neuroscience is a really tricky thing; it's complex. Um, but the but the truth is here. If you just go in with kid gloves, if you know what I mean, if you go in with a softer approach and actually go in with more of an inquisitive um, curiosity about transforming your body rather than I'm going to take this freaking stick and jam it up my arm until my arm stops hurting me, you know, is like. You know just give your body a break it's not asking you to beat it up it's asking you to listen and so we need to listen to the body's messages and learn how to decode those and i think that's what melt really does is it creates an interruption in the i've got to fix something to what's working in my body and let's harness the good stuff because the more you strengthen the high quality good pathways the more the bad ones kind of get clipped away. And so it, it, it melt really just is in, it's an interruption to your normal way of having to always have control. And just, you know, I mean, my whole thing is whatever you think you have control in in your life, you don't. So, you know, stop thinking that way because. of what happens to you in a day that keeps you alive has nothing to do with that ego. And if you just allow the ego, which is very delicate to just, Sit back a little bit, you can learn and nurture that ego yourself and keep it in check, which really can quell the pain response entirely because you're feeling your body in a completely different way than that egoic mind wants us to. Um, and, and you can dissolve some of the attachments of the ego and allow your body to really create a new relationship with the mind. I mean it's, it's a powerful thing which you can do to yourself. You can you can enhance your your life um really you can it's and it's not that hard you just need to trust that your body is sending you these pain messages because it it's wanting you desperately to listen it's our job to quiet down settle in and just how you say if you want to get out of pain you got to go in your body to get out of pain it, you, you can't force it out will it out push it out you need to go within to get out
0: Absolutely. In, in Chinese medicine, uh, medicine and in Qigong uh, practice, they talk about the Xin, which is X-I-N, and the yeah. Yi, which is Y-E, which is yes. wisdom. So you have the emotional component and you have the wisdom component. And obviously within the Qigong practitioner, uh, you want to obviously elevate the wisdom and try to uh, eliminate or at least reduce the emotional side. right? And through my practice as uh, with Qigong and, and through my uh, education through th- uh, Chinese medicine, um, emotion is one of the biggest causing of most of the Chinese pad- uh, patterns and, and diseases. And as we're talking about, uh, sometimes even pain and discomfort and other diseases known in Western, uh, sciences. Um, but like you mentioned, in order for you to address that, you have to look within, right? It's not always just a physical component. It's, actually, we do a good job, uh, of finding the physical problems and addressing them or doing, or trying to find ways to address them but um the internal aspect right the emotional side uh uh you mentioned the uh the the you know the mommy problems their daddy problems those are uh, you know some of the stuff that we're starting to talk about a little bit more but still kind of uh kind of don't don't want to do that what does that have to do with health and fitness um, but what happens is when you start to really look inside, and, and we talked about the body sense, once you really start to look inside, and, and it's a scary, first of all, it's scary. That I could admit, it's very scary to even open up to that um, because you open up to maybe some dark sides that you were trying to um, basically withheld. But mm-hmm. a lot of things, right? A lot of things, all those uh, bound up emotions, right? Compartmentalized stuff start to pop up. And when we start to do things, Um, that technically are supposed to help and there's no uh, avail, then there is a lot of times an underlying problem. And like you mentioned, something like a subtle, uh, more intentional, something that allows you to open up that communication, that conversation that hasn't been happening, right? Between you and your body, Um, almost more like you shut it off and you're like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this until I can't anymore, which we talked about the no pain, no gain. Um, so going back to this wisdom and emotional aspect, first of all, I like the, the way you put it memories minus emotions is, is wisdom. I think that's, that's very powerful. I think a lot of times we, we revert back to what we know, but we let our emotions take charge and then our, uh, basically our actions just are not where they need to be. And it goes down to pain. If we talk about pain, right? The, the, uh, pain industry, the pain management industry is a billion dollar uh industry and one of the things that they harp on are uh getting you at the right moment right so you have all these commercials about this magic pill or this magic gadget or this and that right if you get somebody at the right time right where that emotional state is just super high and they're desperate they've been in pain for who knows how long and you just haven't had the right support you're gonna have someone who takes that uses uses whatever it is that they're selling that you know that's not gonna help um but it's the emotional aspect mm-hmm. but if you if we look into and figure out, okay, why exactly is this happening? Like you mentioned with the four R's, and go through that process. Um, that's where we start to see the real results. But the other barrier we're starting to find too, is, is that it takes time. And that's something that we are not used to, especially with this overwhelming technology boost, uh, as you know, we get stuff within two days. Sometimes one day we have stuff on our doorstep <clears throat> waiting has been a really big problem. So And like we mentioned, you you talked about chronic pain, talked about sudden chronic pain. A lot of those things happen over time. So how can you expect for something to uh, be addressed um, in one session or one uh, 10-minute bout, right? But you talk about this, um, basically putting it, you talked about what I put, uh, active self-care. And I think that is such a powerful, powerful statement, right? It says active self-care. Care. And to me, when I hear that, is not only taking the time to take care of yourself, but doing that on a consistent basis. It's not just one time. It's not just this fad where you buy this new gadget or, or whatever it may be, and you do it for a few times and expect for magic to happen. And allowing yourself to take the time to really look in and see, okay, why is this happening? Is it stress uh, uh, induced? Is it emotional induced? Is it physical component? Do I need to reevaluate what I'm doing within my routine, which a lot of times can happen? Okay, if I do that, and that's not the case. All right. All right, man, I'm really stressed. Why is the cause of that? Is it work? You know, is it the way the relationships and the things that I'm uh, handling at work? Okay, there's a little bit there, but not so much. Okay, maybe it's at home. At home, you know, I have a terrible relationship with my spouse, my kids or whatever, um, or maybe even before that. Once we start to... Uh, really address those things and once we really started to have those conversations a lot of times i i i kid you not you know i've and once i started learning more about this through my practice um i started know so let me go back a little bit so I, I first started as a manual therapist right so i did everything everybody that i worked with got manual therapy so once i started learning more about exercise manual therapy was less and everybody no problem no, no matter what problem you had everybody got these exercise prescriptions and once i started learning more about the uh, mental side of it. All I did was talk to people and a little bit of soft tissue, a little bit of exercise. But once I started combining everything, once I started combining teaching people like uh, what you guys do at Melt, uh, teaching people how to take care of themselves actively, Um, they needed me less. Once I started teaching them uh, how to understand about exercise prescriptions, or if you're going to a class, or if you're working with a personal trainer, how to communicate intensity, or how to communicate how your body's reaction with that, which is super important. And then the other aspect of it is how to have a better conversation with yourself. We talked about positivity. We talked about um, understanding yourself, but also being truthful with yourself. Like if you have too much on your plate, understanding that and, and you will start to see a lot of your discomfort starts to melt away. No pun intended.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, you're, you're actually, I mean, you've said so much just there. And I think, you know, think about the Buddha, right? The Buddha right. says that awakening the Buddha within, right? That's why yeah. they pulled the Lotus, a Buddha, a, you know, a Buddha today, you know, like you were a Buddha to be, you know, like they're. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, our own self-awareness is what is oftentimes snuffed out of us. Um, right. our, our intuition, our belief in self, you know, are are lost. And what we have to remember, uh, and right. this is really important here, everybody that's listening, is that the only thing permanent in life is death, right? Impermanence is the thing that we must understand, that there is no magic pill. You can't do something once and think that it's going to fix everything right like oh well if i just you know get that job i will like you know in the future that that's the problem is that we're not living presently right when you keep Mm -hmm. saying i can't wait until everything goes back to normal and it's like my god don't say that to your mind because here's the bad news Nothing's ever going to go back to normal because nothing goes backwards in life. It only goes mm-hmm. forward. So the more you wait for things to go back to the way they were, the more you're living in an altered reality and, and the less you're living in the present moment. So really awareness and staying in the present moment is so simple. I mean, just take one conscious in-breath and know that that's your in-breath and not your out-breath. And then take one focused out-breath, knowing that that's your Exhalation, right? I inhale. That's my focus. Breath in. I exhale. I know that I'm breathing out. Just that can bring you back to the present moment. And what I find with most of my clients who have have been suffering with chronic pain is they are outside of their body. They they have. You know, I yeah. get it. When you're in pain, you just want to tune it out, get out of my body. But you you must go into your body and be present and be listening to what your mind is saying, because oftentimes we're in, we become, yeah, butters is what I say, you know, you say, this is what it is, I go, yeah, but I've been this, yeah, but I that, yeah, but I this. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing is you're actually tying yourself to the problem instead of trying to get out of it and it's so hard it's like a bad relationship sometimes yeah. we stay in crappy relationships because it's easier to stay in and be tortured than yeah. it is to go out because we almost love our suffering but if we understand that we don't need to survive our lives but to thrive in our lives I think this is important. My friend Pete Twist always says that, you know, here's somebody who's gone through cancer. He's been just, you know, like beaten down by by chemo. And that guy comes up and rises to the surface and always has a positive outlook. And any of anybody that I've ever worked with that has lost the use of their legs that has lost some component of what they thought was was the self-identity that's the ego speaking that we have to understand that the again the vibration and fascia the movement in our nervous system is beyond the ego and we must get out of that egoic place and figure out that our autonomic nervous system is just gagging for us to pay attention to it and to yeah. tune into it and to, and to harness its power rather than trying to control it. We just want to connect to it. And again, that's yeah. what reconnecting is all about. That's the four R's.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Sue, there has been so much information going on it is crazy. So I hope that the audience have notepads out and just writing things out. And if they can't, uh, they could always re-listen to this. But um, yeah, how how can what's the best way for the listeners to reach out to you, uh, or maybe perhaps an instructor or a therapist or a coach who wants to learn more about this method, or maybe even uh, one of our listeners who wants to. Get dive deeper into this what's the best way for that
1: so the best thing to do is to go to our website meltmethod.com. you can click it you know for people who are professionals we do instructor trainings we have courses for the general public to kind of get themselves into the habit of melting so that there we we do 15 day challenges and things like that um, i'm very present on instagram and facebook and that's also under the handle at melt method so melt method on both instagram and Facebook. uh, And I'm always posting tips and techniques and uh, provocative things to be thinking about um, so that you can instill a self-care practice. And what's just really important for everybody to hear is that it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take hours. It's just a few minutes a day of self-care goes a long way in healing your body and keeping the healing properties going. So check us out on Melt Method and learn more about it. It's, It's a great way to learn how to care for yourself.
0: Absolutely. And listeners, you should see at the bottom of the show notes, all the links uh, that Sue just mentioned so that you guys can uh, have a quicker way and quicker access to that. Um, Like uh, Sue mentioned, uh, two books is the, the melt method, which talks about the self healthcare treatment, and then melt performance. You want to talk a little bit about melt performance? Sure. Melt
1: performance go? is the second book. When I wrote the first book, I was like, I don't know if I can land <laughs> neuroscience and fascia in one book. So because fascia wasn't fashionable when I was talking about it at the beginning, the first right. book is really about the connective tissue and how it uh, affects the autonomic nervous system. Mill performance is talking about neurological reintegration and repatterning. So really sensory motor control and how to reestablish joint stability and mobility if you've gotten a joint injured. So for our athletes who have had a, you know a hip problem or tore a muscle or have a joint injury You have to remember that when the body goes into its protective mode, sometimes that protect mode can actually reduce the healing and and minimize the restoration of normal function. So knowing how to tap into the sensory motor components of joint stabilization is the second component. So once you hydrate your fascia and you know how to rebalance your nervous system, now you want to reintegrate your sensory motor control and the timing and mobility of of muscles in joints. Joints, And that's what that book is all about. So um, more inclined toward people who either had a joint replacement or somebody who's looking to improve their athletic performance uh, and decrease their risk of injury. And for those of you who are my age going into your 50s, you know, those of us who want to maintain an athletic, healthy, active life into our 60s, 70s and beyond, understanding sensory motor control is what's missing in your fitness routine. So I think you guys will love melt performance. It does cover the four hours of melt, but it goes into the two hours of neuro strength, neurological stabilization and core control.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So these last two pieces of the episode, uh, one is speed round. And the last one is just thanks that we like to give at the end, uh, are the last bits of the episode. Um, so speed round, like I mentioned, is just a few questions that me and Tim have prepared here just to kind of get to know you a little bit more and for the audience to get to know you a little bit more um it's just rapid fire questions and you have minimal time to answer them give it to me all right tim do you want to fire first sure sue would you rather explore the space or the ocean oh god yeah. the
1: space, space
0: okay uh what's your greatest fear
1: god i my greatest fear is Not being able to share information with people that Mm -hmm. no one will care about about knowing.
0: Okay, Uh, one thing on your bucket list.
1: One thing on my bucket list is uh, going to Australia and um, maybe maybe going to India to do some more um, real practice, either something like that or or you know maybe going to do ayahuasca or something like that. Maybe. Awesome. Okay.
0: Um, would you pick, uh, either a movie or, uh, go out with your friends?
1: Oh, I, I think maybe going out with my friends.
0: Okay. Would you rather be slightly late or super early?
1: Would I rather what
0: would you rather be slightly late or super early? to Super party? early. All right. Okay. Um, The best place you've ever visited
1: the best place i've ever visited i think might be uh greece
0: okay and then we'll do one more tim if you have one sure would you rather never read another book or never watch another movie
1: i'd rather not watch another movie and be able to read as much as i possibly can because there's so much wealth of of reading available
0: (laughs) sure absolutely absolutely all right. So this last part is thanks. Um, so three things that we like to give every episode. The first one goes to Yusu. Thank you for taking the time to jump on this podcast and to uh, record this episode. Um, I know that me, uh, me and Tim have uh, learned just a lot, a plentiful amount of information, uh, not only about Melt, but also about the aspect of uh, self-care. So thank you very much for jumping on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you guys having me on to share some information and hopefully, you know, help other people. It's really, it really is a privilege. And I really thank you so much for talking to me today.
0: Of course. And the second thank you goes to our listeners, Uh, to you guys, to the audience. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode. You could have been doing anything, but you took the time uh, to listen to this episode today with Sue, and we hope that you got a lot out of it. And the third and final thank you goes to our clients, our patients, our students, those who we get to work with uh, on a daily basis. Thank you for seeing the value in what we have to share, what we have to teach, what we have to spread. Um, Because, again, we do this because we love what we do. So to have uh, someone and have people to back that up uh, means a lot more than you think. So thank you very much, uh, Sue, for jumping on the podcast. This is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, tuning out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you, and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and see you on the next episode.